Tiffany Norris, and you're listening to This is Richardson, a podcast that tells the stories of the people and places of Richardson, Texas. Now, if you've listened to our podcast for any amount of time, you know by now I love a good cup of coffee. And Clay Island takes coffee to a whole new level. He's the owner of Island Coffee Roasters here in Richardson, and you might have had a cup of his coffee already if you've eaten somewhere like Ida Claire or shopped at Whole Foods. But you can also go directly to Island Coffee Roasters and get an absolutely amazing cup of their coffee on site. I took a look at the website before I came over, and it sounds like you kind of live and breathe coffee. So can you tell me a little bit about what makes your coffee special? I think that's probably a pretty long question. Um, There's a couple of things. One, we source really good coffees. I think 80-85% of everything we source is direct, which means we either have a relationship with the farmer, we have a relationship with someone that represents them, Some farms we've been to, some farms we haven't. A lot of times we'll contract coffee and then have someone else move it for us. So we really kind of grade out coffees. We we taste everything before we purchase it, you know, and we give it a grade and we look specifically for coffees. Probably for every hundred coffees we cup or grade, we might pick one or two. And they're all really good coffees. So sometimes you're looking at the table and you're like, all these are good, but which one are we going to take? And so that's the first thing. The second thing is we use a 1969 ProBot UG22 coffee roaster. ProBot's been in business since the 1800s. They're the longest roasting manufacturer in the world. They're the largest in the world. But this particular roaster, they quit making in 1972. It's made out of cast iron. And that is the difference. And so if you have a cast iron pan, what happens with cast iron, it moves heat molecularly faster. And so let's say if you're trying to get X on a light roast, or let's say you don't want to go too dark, too light, let's use one X, whatever X is. With a lot of roasters, when they're trying to develop that bean and they don't want to go over X, they can't develop the far inside of the bean. We can develop the inside of the bean because of the cast iron and the way we roast. The difference is sometimes you'll, let's say, drink a lighter roast, and when it gets cool, the acidity becomes very abrasive, The coffee doesn't taste as good. You'd be surprised when you're looking for it. It is very prominent and prevalent everywhere. Whereas ours, when it gets cool, it's sweet. And it's because we're able to develop that. A non-developed bean becomes very acidic and abrasive in the cup. So if you don't get the whole development, it's going to come out when it starts to cool. And that is probably in a nutshell why our coffee tastes the island way. That's fascinating. Tell me a little bit about coffee certification. So I'm something called a Q grader, which is like a quality grader. So I am certified to grade coffee anywhere in the world. Unlike the wine industry, where you might have a 98 on a wine and then like three other people like 93, 92, 91, we're supposed to be within one point of each other. Any coffee, anywhere. Doesn't matter if it's high, low, we should be really calibrated. And so it's a series of, I think, 23 tests. They're pretty much all, with the exception of one written exam and one grading of green coffee, they are all taste or smell. I think 7% of the people pass it the first time. Uh, Out of 13 people in my class, I was the only one that got out of there alive. Wow. On the first first week. And so it's, it's, it's tough. And I think there was like maybe eight or nine people that came in for their second try 
two of those people passed. Oh, my goodness. One was from Germany, and this was in Boston. So it, his company was probably very happy that he passed coming to America to get the Q grade. Right. But there's, you know, maybe 5,000 or so in the world. Oh, of people who grade coffee. Yeah. Oh, that's well, so that have that certification. Okay. So for us, I don't use it from a business standpoint as much, but from a calibration standpoint, usually when I cup something, I mean, everyone has kind of their off days, like when you're stopped up or something. But for the most part, you know, if I grade it this, I'm going to be really close. And that's, that's important. My husband has teased me before that, yeah, the way I, I try to like understand a cup of coffee, it's almost like, you know, you see on television with like people that are drinking wine and are there similar processes to that, to the coffee and wine? Coffee has more tastes, more notes than hmm. wine. When we go and grade coffee, you know, first of all, we grade it. Mm -hmm. And then if we buy it for production, then we're going to get tasting notes. Hmm. And we have like a little, it's almost like a color wheel of taste profiles going all around the wheel. Oh. It doesn't hit everything, but you know, you'll hit something you're like, okay, that's more of a dark berry. And you just try to hone in more and more and more. Sometimes mm -hmm. you, there's nothing that is exact, mm -hmm. but sometimes you hit clearly a strawberry or clearly a raspberry or blueberry or, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's just all kinds of profiles that we get in and it's all in the coffee. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our philosophy at our company is, you know, even when I'm at home, I'm not, paying attention to the coffee like that. I'm like a normal consumer. I'll get to the bottom of the cup and I'll go, that was really incredible. Or, okay, something's kind of off. I mean, I knew it was kind of off when I was drinking it, mm -hmm. but I'm not, it doesn't bother. I mean, I guess it bothers you, but not, not from a professional standpoint. Mm. So I'm very much a consumer when I'm home. I'm reading, I'm having breakfast, I'm, you know, but if I can get to the bottom of the coffee and I'm like, that was incredible. That's really what I'm looking for. Mm. And most of our customers are not sitting there going, okay, there is a little bit of vanilla note and the finish is raspberry and the acidity is this and the body is kind of buttery. Most people aren't drinking coffee like that. But every coffee drinker, when they get to the end of the cup, was it good or was it not? And if you can get good, you've been successful. Mm, I like that. So, yeah, so you've mentioned a few of the different notes there, the fruity, the vanilla, the um, sort of richer, is there a kind of a cocoa sometimes There's, flavor? We what, can get kind of milk the... chocolate, we can get dark mm -hmm. chocolate. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes you get kind of woodsy notes. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's all over the place. Anything that you can think of practically you can taste, even like rubber tire oh, is wow. in there. That, okay. would, that would be a defect. You don't buy that coffee. Right. You're not going <clears> to want that. Yeah. No, we've hit that. But... That's why when we were talking about, you know, cooler coffee, we had a coffee that came in, it must have been about seven or eight years ago that we were grading, and there was like five of us, and first cup, didn't hit it. You know, we pass it, like, we'll, we'll hit five cups when we grade, but we might have five or six different coffees on the table, and you just keep going round and round. So you hit each coffee three or four times, and on that third pass, I got rubber tire, and I did not taste it the first two times. Neither did anybody else, but when that coffee got cold those defects really started coming out. Mm -hmm. And so that's why you want to get coffee that goes cold that tastes good. And hot coffee is so hot, you just can't taste everything. It's like when you take your first sip, oh, that's great. Not yet. Oh. You need, I mean, it really needs to cool to where you can really start tasting it and the flavors will start coming out more. A lot of it is, you know, you have to kind of calibrate your tongue. Um, even with like espresso or anything, it's like the first couple of sips calibrate and then you start tasting things a little bit better and um, that's why it's important when our coffee gets stone cold it's good
but yeah, we, we grade coffees that way. And we've had some coffees we were really excited about. Like, we just scored. This is incredible. And then we got cold. It went south. Hmm. And so we didn't buy the coffee. Well, I have a retirement dream now <laughs> of getting certified. So that's awesome. I love coffee. I'm kind of, you know, a coffee junkie, but I haven't really dug into the details of it. And I, it's one of those things I'd love to learn more. So I love information like that that lets you just get a little bit deeper into the, the art of it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Wow. Is that the Interstate 75 there? Oh, no, that's is the that, train. Oh, the train. Oh, okay. All right. <clears throat> and usually when the doors open, when it goes by, we just stop talking. Oh, okay. Wait for it to go by because you just can't hear anything, even <laughs> right. this close. Uh-huh. Just take a second to let it pass there. Um, all right. So you've been in business, it looked like, about 20 years, right? 21, you... 20, something like that. Yeah, 21. Okay. Have you been at this location or in Richardson nope, the whole I've time? I've been or? here... I think going on 12 years. So what makes owning a business in Richardson anything different about that or anything special about this city itself? Well, my father-in-law owns a couple of warehouses up on the levee in Dallas and nothing against Dallas, but you know, if there's an emergency, it's hard to get someone there quick. And I chose Richardson because of the safety aspect. The day that I was setting my alarm up 12 years ago, I was on the phone with the alarm company and I hit the panic button by accident. And he says, you just hit the panic button. I was like, yeah, maybe. He says, let me cancel this. Less than a minute, I have the police outside. Hmm. Police are going to come regardless. It doesn't matter if you cancel. Right. You can give your code. Richardson is coming. And they're a really good police force. And I just, things are just very safe here. And it's... Richardson's sort of that small community, right flat in the middle of a very big city. I mean, it's not like Plano. It's not like Frisco. I mean, it's it's just kind of that community feel. Mm-hmm. And I like it. And I like the people. Was your previous location in Dallas? On my property. Oh, okay. I, I built a barn uh-huh. outside my house or in the, in the back. It was a 10 by 20 gable barn. Wood floors, complete. I mean, AC, gas. All I had was coffee roaster and beans mm-hmm. and some grinders and a table. And that was it. And roasted out of there for about seven years. Wow. And it was very small and very hot and uh, needed to move. So when we moved here, basically the street, we were the only business of this type, of any, anything that wasn't like automotive or electricians and plumbers and things like that. We were sort of the first to move here. And since then, I mean, we have Ali Kush right around the street. Uh, she's a designer. We have a brewery right down the street, Three Bullets. Um, and there's just there's little niche businesses. There's a printer across the street that has this printer that's like, I don't know, 100 years old. I mean, he does just very fine work. And so it's this kind of boutique street is what it's kind of turning into. I've had literally people come down here, they're like, I don't know where we're supposed to be going. This doesn't look right. And then they walk in our front door and they're like, oh, this is very different. Because the way, I mean, we gutted that place next door. Mm-hmm. Redid everything. Oh, wow. And so it looks very different than when we walked in. Mm-hmm. And you're working on this now. Can you talk a little bit about maybe some of the physical changes you've made and you're continuing to make in the location? Well, we have grown probably an average of 30% for four or five years. And we just don't physically have enough room. And even we just took this spot over um, in the last year. We moved in, I think, in December, uh, the offices, and it's still not enough room. 
I mean, it's we just pulled that rack out just to put shelving on the back, and we're just growing. And um, I think when I when I moved here, I think there was two of us, quickly three. Now there's twelve, and it's it's been growing. And we have you know most of our business is wholesale. We have a very strong retail here. Um, we sell a lot of coffee beans, and if you come in, and you get beans, you get a free cup of coffee, and um, it gets a little crazy. We'll have 15 people in there during lunch during the week. Oh wow! It gets it gets busy, mm-hmm. and we have no seating, so mm-hmm. at least not yet. But wholesale is 90 percent of our business. Mm-hmm. We have some some of the top accounts in Dallas. And so, with this expansion, are you <clears throat> hoping to offer seating too, or is it something that well, you're not? Well, there's an office in there. Ah, okay. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I mean. That wouldn't offer a whole bunch. What I really want to do is get my expansion plans done across on 75. But what this does, at least it gives us the ability to put coffee in here. I mean, before we opened this up, we had pallets. And, you know, the green coffee is on pallets and burlap bags, but it was in the middle of the floor. You were walking around it. My employees are looking at me like, would you please get next door open? And uh, it's just caused a lot you know, less stress because we're able to obviously put coffee in and put everything over here. Well, can you talk a little more about your longer term plans, some things that you're hoping for um, sure. for the business? So, I don't know, three years ago, we bought the old Ponchos building, which is uh, on the corner of James and 75. It's uh, to the right of the Richardson Restaurant Park, where Doghouse, which is actually a really good place, and uh, Halal Brothers, et cetera, is. We got denied from the city for our initial plans, and I think that probably was a blessing. We were doing we were doing a lot in one spot, and so we've been able to kind of back up, look at things. Um, we're working with you know everyone around us, the Richardson Restaurant Park with Kirk Hermanson, and just trying to figure out how we can get things integrated to where it's really one park, which I think is what Richardson wants. I know it's what Hermanson wants. It's what we want. So I think when all parties are kind of looking at the same direction, that probably will lend itself to get something done. So there, there was a reason we got denied. But we own that, and we own 30,000 square feet across the street for parking. doesn't matter what you have legally. You need more. And so it's good to have extra parking. And what would that location allow you to do business-wise that maybe you know is more of a challenge in this one? Well, you didn't know who we were, but you probably know some of our accounts. Whole Foods, Dallas Cowboys at the Star. Mm. We do all the front burner restaurants like Whiskey Cake, I Declare, Sixty Vines, The Keeper. Uh, we do Uchi. We do Bullion. We do all the HG Supplies. We have you know over a hundred wholesale accounts. So, and we do a bunch of coffee shops, Pearl Cups. I mean, mm-hmm. just throughout throughout the city and throughout the state. And so. People know our clients. They don't necessarily know us. But if we're on 75, people will know us. Yeah. So that is the main reason. It's going to drive our wholesale business. It'll drive our retail business and give us some, some uh, exposure. Well, you mentioned you know several places. You mentioned the restaurant park. Um, one thing I ask everybody is, what's aside from your own, what's your favorite Richardson business or location? Um, anyone that you want to give a shout out to you? Wow, there's a lot of them. I do like the doghouse over there. I like Jin uh, Chi restaurant right behind us. It's a uh, Asian restaurant. It's really good. First Chinese barbecue is really good, but you have to take cash. There is no credit cards. Um, 
I went to Lockwood Distillery recently. That was a cool place. I had not been in there before, and we, we had food there, and it, it was really good food. So I would highly recommend going there, but it took us a while to get a table. Really good place. Other than that, I mean, I just like Richardson. It's, there, there's a lot of chefs come down here to eat hmm. because Richardson has probably the most you know, eclectic food in Dallas. I mean, things you just can't get other places. I mean, there's great Middle Eastern, there's great Asian, there's great Indian. I mean, it's, it's all over the place. So the foodies kind of come down here, and Richardson's kind of known for that. Nice. All right, so I have to ask as somebody that loves coffee, what do I do at home to make a, a really good cup of coffee? What are your tips? <clears throat> so I buy a bag of beans here. <laughs> so first thing is you need good water. Water is your most important thing. Hmm. Bad water, bad coffee. Um, second thing is you want to grind fresh and the grinder is probably your second best thing. I mean, we have a $20,000 espresso machine that's hand built in Seattle, but if I have a really bad grinder with really dull burrs, you're not going to get a good shot. It's going to be bitter. It's going to stripe. It's just not going to be good. So the grinder is really important. I tell people, you know, if you're the first getting into it, if they don't want to spend, you know, a hundred something dollars on a Barazza grinder, than to get something that's, you know, 35 bucks off Amazon that you can grind it, you can make it coarser. When you grind that coffee before you dump it in the corner, you're going to see this very fine powder. Rake that out with your finger. And uh, it's called fines, and you do not want to put that in your coffee. Oh. And really nice grinders won't have that, but some of the lesser expensive ones will. Now, depending on how you like your coffee, there are actually coffee brewers now for home that are sub 200 that are pretty close to commercial it's getting there so for years we'd go to the specialty coffee show and i would look at the new home brewers and i would get to about question number two and then that was it and i'd move on and then uh about four years ago i got to a booth and he's like you must have a fetco i was like yep and what a fetco does it's the first commercial coffee brewer that acts like a hand pour when coffee's super fresh it kind of balloons up like a mushroom when hot water hits it. And that means gases are coming out. That's why you have that little one-way valve on the bags. Mm -hmm. Is once we roast it, a lot of gases are coming out. And so you need something to where your bag doesn't blow up. And so that one-way valve lets that gas go out. It also pushes the oxygen out, which keeps, keeps it really fresh. And so when you're brewing fresh coffee, it's going to kind of mushroom up and... You want to let it set for about 45 seconds before you hit it with water again. Because if gas is coming out, water's not going in, so you can't extract the coffee. So on a hand pour method, we'll hit it with a little bit of water, wait for roughly 45 seconds. Once that mushroom kind of falls a little bit, we'll start kind of filling up with water, stop, filling up with water, stop. Well, the brewers will do the same thing now. And so you can get exact temperatures. You can get how much you want to do the uh, delay. You can do your pulses. I mean, it's, it's getting really crazy. And if you have it set up right, it's as good a coffee as you can get here at the roastery. Wow, that is fascinating. Oh, wow. Okay, so <laughs> I'm kind of nerding out on all the coffee stuff. I find myself wanting to go home and research all the equipment. 
So that's fine. Thank you. And anytime um, you come in here, we can give you recommendations. Oh, nice. We don't nice. sell a lot of that stuff, but we can tell you where to get it and what to get and why to get it. Oh, okay. So. Wonderful. Well, is there anything else you want to say about your business or Richardson specifically? Just anything else that I've not asked? I really like our people here. When we hire, we hire people. Um, we hire culture. And we look for kind of, not necessarily a certain type of person, but a type of person that fits in with everybody. As long as they like coffee, we can teach coffee. I can't teach people. And so if you see most of the comments that we get, I mean, like on our Google or something like that, it's a combination of, you know, best coffee we've ever had and the people are great. And as long as we keep that about 50-50, we're, we're doing what we're supposed to. And so we're not going to be pretentious. We're not going to be snobby. We're going to help you. Yeah. But if you haven't been by here, you should come by. Even though I can't wait to see how they grow beyond their current location, I have to say that Island Coffee Roasters right now is the best kind of hole-in-the-wall place. Definitely swing by and check it out. We'll link to their website in the show notes. Also, I don't always mention this, but if you like the show, you can literally buy me a cup of coffee and help support the podcast. Just go to buymeacoffee.com slash Tiffany Norris. Or you can go to thisisrichardson.com and click support. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks for listening. This is Richardson as part of the On The Go FM Network.